Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is our fourth year of doing the show, and... uh, We're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. Can you believe it's only nine days till Christmas? I don't know what happened to this year. It's been a great year, but it's just sort of disappeared. So I hope you've got something fantastic organized for Christmas, nice and relaxing so that you can come back on the 1st of January 2015 all firing I'm absolutely convinced that 2015 is going to be a phenomenal year, particularly here in the US. Um, The economy's booming, and uh, with gas prices down, there's now 15 or 16 states where gas prices are down, but below $2 a gallon. And uh, in most of the world where you're paying nearly $2 a litre, that's a fantastic boon for the economy, putting three or four billion dollars into consumers' pockets every week, which has got to be great for the economy. So if you're an entrepreneur or thinking about being an entrepreneur, I reckon this is the year to do it. And uh, as you know, we're all about helping entrepreneurs to be successful. So if you'd love to be an entrepreneur, you've always wanted to be your own boss, you get up in the morning and you get on the train or you get on the bus or you get in your car and all the way to work you're thinking, what am I doing this for? I'd love to be my own boss and you know, maybe work from home and work a bit harder but have the freedom to do what I like and make my own decisions. Well, do it. Most people are afraid, they, they talk about it. But they're afraid to leave their current job because um, they're worried about losing the money. But, you know, there's something like, I can't remember the numbers, but there's something like 13 trillion, that's 13,000 million, million dollars floating around this world every day. And all you need is a couple of grand of it. So how hard can that be? So um, if you've got an idea that you think would make people's lives better, and you're prepared to be fully committed and work your butt off, then go out and give it a go. There's no time like the present. And it doesn't matter what your idea is. It doesn't matter whether you've got a new high-tech idea or whether you want to open a dry cleaner. I don't know why I keep thinking of dry cleaners. Maybe it's a deep-seated passion to own a dry cleaning business. But it's so much more satisfying to see your idea take shape than it is to work for somebody else. So go out, give it a go. I wouldn't risk the farm on it. I wouldn't take every penny you've got and every penny your relations have got and back it. But if you don't give it a shot, you will always regret it. Now, I'm a great uh, advocate of using video to market your business online. So I'd like to give you five reasons why your small business or even a medium big business should use YouTube and the other video sharing sites. An overwhelming number of businesses are now using social media for marketing. 
I don't know what the percentage is, but it's very high. However, most businesses are still focusing on Facebook and Twitter, and most of them are ignoring the most effective vehicle of all, which is YouTube and those other video sharing sites. You know, video is a great opportunity for your brand to show off its products and connect with existing and potential customers. You know, you get across the color of the product or your business, you get across the emotion. And most people would prefer to watch a video than read a great big chunk of written information. And since more consumers than ever are spending time online instead of watching TV, the popularity of videos online is growing exponentially. Exponentially. Apparently, about 4 billion videos are watched every day on, um, online. 4 billion. So that's obviously where you should be. So it's a great way to help attract people to your, to your website, get them engaged. So the five reasons to start creating video content now are, firstly... Creating original video content improves your SEO. Videos regularly shared via social media and email. So Google and other search engines tend to favor sites that offer it. Hosting video and images on your web pages will improve the overall quality of your site, make it look better, as well as enticing visitors to get on there and stay longer. This in turn, you know, gives you a much better chance in ranking higher than your competitors in search engine results. So that's one reason. The second reason for creating video content is because it's a powerful brand equity tool. You know, it's all about brand equity and using videos to market your product helps to convey brand messages that are going to be lost if you are providing purely written information. Video allows for your brand to capture emotion, the visual attributes of your product, and these are the things that leave that, that lasting impression on your audience. They see it and they go, wow, I like that, I remember it, and that's what they remember. Thirdly, there's a huge potential to get your message in front of a mega audience. It's a highly shared format, so if you watch something that's engaging, you send it on to your friend, you know, I know that I do, and that friend sends it on to another friend, and all of a sudden you've got um, five people viewing the one video. So your video content has the potential to go viral and connect with a large number of potential customers, and that's got to be good. So with content marketing like blog articles, your written content is rarely published in more than one place, but videos can be syndicated via social media industry websites, brand partnerships, all sorts of places. Fourthly, video content's quite easy and inexpensive to produce. I was thinking about it, and, and you know, many videos that have gone viral on YouTube have been produced just using a webcam or a, or a camera phone with an inbuilt recorder. I mean, how simple is that? And depending on how you want your brand to be perceived... It's easy to produce original, engaging, and useful content for almost no money. You know, there's a lot of a lot of video content out there that's just been shot with a um, an iPhone on a stand. 
and it's great. People don't ex- people are expecting something interesting and engaging and entertaining. They're not looking for a Cecil B. DeMille production. And finally, mobile plays much better on mobile devices. Um, video is much, much better on mobile devices. And most people are watching mobile devices now, right? So web pages accessed by mobile that's growing exponentially. And the great news is that all smartphones and other tablet devices, they're optimised for video content. So this will improve the chances of it being seen. It will also differentiate your business from your competitors. So they're the five reasons why you should be using the video sharing channels for your products. Sorry, I just had a note passed to me, so I was trying to read that as I went. Um, now, the, the majority of us use email marketing these days. I know I do. I send out my monthly newsletters to about 16,000 people every month. And it's amazing how a little bit of tweaking can vastly improve the response that you get. Now, there are seven email marketing mistakes that most people don't even realize that they're making. And, you know, if you want to be successful, you've got to stay ahead of the curve if you want to reap the benefits of an email campaign. Now, emails have been around for 20 years, 20 years, and still most people aren't very good at and are still making the same mistakes. Now, the first mistake is poor content. You know, some email content is atrocious, and a poorly written email will damage your reputation. It'll get be much more difficult to get people to read your emails again. So before you send out an email, ask yourself these questions. Is the content personalised for your target audience? Don't forget, you've got to be highly targeted if you want to get results. Do you have a very concise and engaging subject line. I know it's bloody hard. Everybody I know, including me, sits there and agonises over subject lines. But, you you know, you've got to just come up with that cruncher. Is the subject line free from spamming-type words? Because that'll kill you. Have you double-checked that there's no typos and grammatical errors? You know, one of the... I'm... I'm kind of deadly on this. It's one of my pet peeves. I do not like typos and grammatical errors in, in any written document and certainly in a, an email. And are you linking to an external asset? So if you are, then you've got to include at least two to three links. And finally... Does your email really provide value to your reader? I mean, is your reader going to read it and go, wow, that's cool, that's something I didn't know, that's something I must act on, or are they just going to say, oh, um, that's boring, I don't want to read these anymore? Now, the second mistake is not having a call to action. You know, if you don't ask people to do something, they won't. People are bone lazy. So just because you express something doesn't mean they're going to go, wow, I'll pick up the phone and I'll order this or I'll get on the website now and I'll order it or I'll go and follow that up. No. If you don't ask them to do something, they won't. They won't do anything. (laughs) They sit there. 
So you should be have a real clear mission. You've got to be like maybe you're driving traffic back to your website or perhaps you're promoting a white paper or a, you want trial downloads. You want to draw attention to the web video you've just created or you want to get contacts for your sales team. But you've got to tell people what you want them to do. So your call to action, whether it be a link to a website or an email address or downloadable action, should be placed in several areas throughout the message, not just one, not just at the end, but several places, and it should stand out from the rest of the email design. Now, the third mistake that people make with their email marketing is in the design. And this is an easy one to make, but email messages render differently in in each email client. So make sure that you test your design in a number of clients before you send it out. Avoid garish colors and fonts that are impossible to read with, you know, just give a limit, make it clear and simple. Many email clients have images um, turned off by default. You know, they just turn them off. So don't include any copy or call to actions in your images that are all that aren't also included in the body of your message. Fourthly, your email design should be consistent with each message you send out. So if you're planning to make changes, get the input of your subscribers first before um, you do it. Test those designs to make sure that they are acceptable and are not going to turn people off. The fourth mistake in email marketing is partnering up with the wrong service provider. Now, this is the gateway to your audience, so choose your ESP wisely. Sign on with an ESP that aligns with your business needs and your marketing goals and make sure that they've got the infrastructure to support your growth. A good ESP will have an excellent customer service reputation. It'll be can-spam compliant. It'll offer a free trial, good reporting functionalities, probably list segmentation, the ability to A-B test. And if they do all those things, they're probably going to be a good ESP for you. The fifth mistake in email marketing is accurate data. Sending a well-crafted email message to a poorly maintained database is just like burning your money. You know, so... And people change all the time. People change jobs, pick up new emails. Um, and so email addresses change regularly. So your data needs to be cleaned and updated regularly to make sure that the database is accurate. Sending messages to emails that don't exist anymore, well, it can hurt your mailing reputation and also damage your reputation with your ESP. The sixth email marketing mistake is improper list list segmentation. So when it comes to emails, one size doesn't fit all. Sending one email to your entire database provides no value to your individual subscribers. So set up segmentation rules and specific persona that your email content and design is targeting. So try and break that database down into segments and Target them specifically. You'll see higher click-through rates and more engaged customers. And the final mistake in email marketing is ignoring cadence. If you flood the inbox, 
your readers will unsubscribe. And if you send two in frequently, they just lose interest in you. So when a subscriber opts into your email communications, try and set an expectation of how many messages they're going to be receiving. Above all, make sure that each message contains a strong call to action and provides value to the recipient. Just by doing those simple seven things, you'll receive higher open and click-through rates, probably a lower unsubscribe rate, and ultimately, more engaged, sales-ready customers. Now, those of you who have listened to this program regularly over the last four years are probably aware that I am vehemently against private ownership of guns. I can't think of anything more fucking stupid than everybody owning a gun to connect, to um, protect themselves. I mean, this business of, you know, the more guns you have, the less people get killed is just absolute and utter bullshit. They'll probably earn me the ire of the NRA, but so be it. You know, we had this big fracas in Australia this week with the... Um, um, lunatic taking over the coffee shop and uh, ending with three deaths, including the lunatic. But guns are banned in Australia, so how he got a gun will be interesting, um, interesting to find out. But where guns are banned in Australia, the homicide rate in Australia is only 4% of that of the United States based on population. So 25 times more people per head are killed in the United States than are killed in Australia where there ain't guns. So that should put to bed the NRA's ridiculous propositions. However, there might be a solution at hand, fortunately, hopefully. In California, German gun manufacturer Armatix GmbH has begun selling a gun which can only fire when the owner wears an accompanying wristwatch. So the watch makes the gun think. Electronic chips inside the gun and the watch communicate with each other, and if the watch is within close reach of the gun, a light on the grip turns green and you can fire. No watch means no green light. The gun simply becomes useless and you might as well use it as a paperweight. Um... This technology is a dream of gun control advocates who say that smart guns will reduce gun violence, suicides and accidental shootings by ensuring that guns can only be used by the owner. And, uh, and they could be more palatable to gun enthusiasts everywhere who don't want the government restricting their Second Amendment rights. Of course, the lobbying arm of the NRA says it's uncomfortable with the idea of intelligent weapons weapons, particularly the talk to a watch, because apparently most of the idiots that belong to the NRA are unable to read the time. Now, a statement on the NRA website says that uh, they're opposed to government mandates that require the use of expensive, unreliable features such as grips that will read your fingerprints before the gun will fire. So anything intelligent, the NRA is against. Nevertheless, smart guns are coming, and, uh, you know, you expect the NRA to be against them. They don't like anyone or anything smarter than they are, and judging by the behaviour of the last 20 years or so, they are just plain fucking 
dumb. Okay. I think you've um, probably got the message that I'm an anti-gun person. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So no matter what it is you want, if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we'll answer you on air or email you directly. So make sure you subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which is sent out to over 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries each month. So go onto the website and sign up now. You're listening to Voice America Business, and I'll be back after this break with my guest, Robert Stock, who started an extensive career in fashion design when he met fellow fashion designer Ralph Lauren. Together they launched the highly successful Chaps Collection, and in 2001, Robert launched the Robert Graham line of fabulous clothing. I only wear Robert Graham shirts. I know they've got a whole range of other things, jackets and pants and all sorts of stuff, but their shirts are unbelievable, and uh, they're the only ones I wear. And everywhere I go, I'm renowned for my shirts. People come up to me and say, I don't remember you, but boy, I remember your shirts. You're the guy with the great shirts. So... Um, Robert's clothes are truly fabulous, and I'm very pleased to interview him. Um, This is Bob Pritchard live in Los Angeles. I'll be back with Robert Stock in just a moment. And if you're preparing an email to send to me telling me how wonderful the NRA is, don't bother. I ain't interested. Back in a minute. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we interview successful entrepreneurs. You know, people who are interesting and people who are doing things and that have something to share with other entrepreneurs that can help us all become more successful. I've always tried to be a bit edgy in my appearance, and about four years ago, I was introduced to Robert Graham's shirts, and I've been collecting them ever since. In fact, I've not bought a shirt apart from a Robert Graham shirt for years. I love the quality of the shirts. They've got fabulous attention to detail and linings, and that's what, of course, attracts people. But... 
being the egocentric that I am, I've got to confess that I'm known everywhere I go for my shirts. People can never remember my name, but they say, you're the guy with the great shirts. Now, it's pretty remarkable when you think that, you know, I go to some pretty cool events and I meet some pretty cool people. But it's important because one of the essential things about business, and particularly somebody like myself who's an individual, you know, don't have a brand apart from me, you've got to differentiate yourself. And for me, shirts, Robert Graham shirts, have been one way that I've been able to do it. I urge you to go onto the website, robertgraham.com, and have a look. It is very cool. Now, part of the copy on their site, I love their site. It is a great site. Part of the copy on the site says... If you're a protector of the status quo, an enforcer of the average, a trustee of the ho-hum, a serial copycat, or you think inside the box, this is not for you. You've made normal just a little too normal. You've commoditized and measured everything. You popularized the afternoon nap. You raised the bar for boring and you play the follower. Your time has come. You're being replaced. Run out of town. So, vamoose. Out with the old and in with the bold. Make way for the risk takers, the laughers out loud, the mavericks and artisans, the kings and the kingslayers. These are the ones for us. Superheroes crusading against the brand forces of bland. We're a brand that stands for the American eclectic. Robert Graham. How cool is that copy? It really says it all. And when you look at the product, you'll understand exactly what they're saying. It epitomizes what Robert Graham's all about. It's unique, it's bold, and it's spectacular. Now, as a Robert Graham collector and devotee, I'm very pleased to welcome Robert Stock, the founder, co-chairman and chief creative officer of the Robert Graham Empire, to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Bob. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm sitting here in my Robert Graham shirt, and I'm looking really good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the great introduction. Just one thing. It's robertgraham.us, not robertgraham.com, if anybody wants. It's just been looking at the website. Okay, sorry. robertgraham.us. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind when I look at your great designs, not only for shirts, but a whole range of apparel... um, including some great jackets, particularly the linings. What I love about the jackets is the linings, is that to me, it's sort of a fashion version of Andy Warhol, who I also love, incidentally. Is that a comment that you regard as a compliment? or? You oh, absolutely. So many people say that it's wearable art, and uh, Andy Warhol, actually, I've been a great fan of ever since he started working at Harper's Bazaar as an illustrator. Uh, one of the quotes I always use is, a, is an Oscar Wilde quote, and it's, I take it very dear to heart. One should either be a work of art or wear one. And, yeah. um, you know, we sort of go by that mantra. And we know that most people are certainly not a work of art, so <laughs> so they should be wearing them. Um, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> In your younger days, you were a sophisticated Savile Row kind of a guy with people like, friends like Ralph Lauren. In fact, you launched Ralph Lauren's Chaps Collection together. Then you won awards with Country Roads by Robert Stack. They were all trendy, but they were not wow. What happened? Did you suddenly wake up at 
two o'clock one morning, grab the pen and pad next to the bed and write, forget trendy, from now on, I am edgy. You know, it's kind of interesting, because some people think I dream in Paisley. (laughs) Yeah, I think. (laughs) Uh, I've always loved color. I've always loved exotic fabric. Even when I was wearing Savile Row, I always put a little edge to it. Uh, but, But interesting enough... Uh, the company has moved into many, many different directions, whereas, you know, we do make, of course, our limited edition shirts, which I'm sure you love, yep. and we do make a lot of fancy prints and a lot of fancy yarn dyes, which everything pretty much is designed in-house. We're trying to move the company in the direction where a lot more people can wear Robert Graham, so what we're doing also now is we're taking a lot of the more fancy designs and we're putting them on the inside of the shirt, and we're making them a little bit more subtle, so it's almost like if you don't you know, you don't notice it right away. You have to come up a little closer and look at it. It's there, and we're finding that we're getting a lot of acceptance to a lot of different people across the whole spectrum of the country right now in wearing the product. Yeah, it's all, it's all the trims. It's the little um, um, details on the on the uh, cuffs and the and around the collars and you know the the, the linings and it's just those right. little things that. Make give that shirt give the shirts just that level of sophistication and class that you don't get with most um, with most shirts. Don't stop making the really cool ones though. Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's that. such a, no, no. That's <laughs> that's such an important that's such an important part of, of our business. We call, we call them the little golden nuggets that uh, we actually have on the shirts, and sometimes I refer to it like a Where's Waldo. People always come up to me and they say, "Oh my God, you know, I bought the shirt and I looked at it, I wore it, and then after I wore it two or three times, I discovered something else on it." And you know, it's not only with the shirts; we're a full rounded collection yeah. right now, whether it's jackets, pants, sweaters. Uh, jeans, socks, uh, belts, ties, even shoes now. Uh, it's a whole different business than it was when we first started 13 years ago. Right. Um, yeah, just even, I, I noticed I was look, I was wearing a shirt yesterday to a luncheon and uh, for the first time, and I've worn this shirt a dozen times, and I um, I noticed the buttons. You know why I didn't look, notice the buttons before, but just the buttons, all of a sudden you think, geez, they're so different. Right, right. Well, we pay we pay a lot of attention to the buttons, even to the point that sometimes we overpay too much attention to them, and sometimes they uh, fall off, and we get some complaints about them because we do do and we do use in many instances very exotic buttons out of exotic materials, and uh, you know we feel that if the shirt is kind of simple, uh, we like to put an extraordinary beautiful button on it, even if it's on the cuffs. I mean, there's always a surprise. There's, it's always a treasure hunt, and uh, that's what we love about all the products we do. Okay, Robert Graham, the brand. The Robert part, because I'm really bright, I've got figured out. That's you. Where did that's the Graham? <laughs> where, did the, where did the Graham part come from? Uh, actually, he was an original partner that started the company up with me, and he left after the first 18 months. So there was a Robert, that's me, and there was a Graham. Okay, so you you kept the brand. Obviously, you were strong enough at that time. You didn't think you wanted to change the brand. No, the brand was was going along really fine, and uh, yep. it, it was great. When you got a good brand, don't mess with it. Now, absolutely. This um this show is is geared to entrepreneurs, and what we try to do is help um, help them avoid the many pitfalls that confront. And when they when they when you begin a bit a business, there's so many challenges in some so many different areas, and particularly when an entrepreneur's got something that's a little bit unorthodox, um, 
like you, for example, when you began Robert Graham, you had a spectacular but a very unorthodox product. What were the biggest challenges you faced in those early days, and how did you overcome them? Well, one of the biggest challenges was getting the product made because it was so different than anything else in the marketplace at the time. Mm. But like selling a house, uh, all you need is really one buyer or one person to really believe in you. And I was very fortunate to have uh, people that I actually had worked with previously in uh, in India by the name of uh, Texport Garments. Uh, and the head of the company, his name was uh, Naren Goenka, really understood the vision and was willing to go go for the ride. And uh, he's been our partner ever since uh, the beginning of the company. So when you, so yeah, I'm sorry. Now go on. Well, it, you know, it, it, it's also about you know tenacity, believing in what you in what you're doing, and believing in your products. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really the bottom line. I mean, you know, you know, if if you believe in what you're doing, if you believe in your product, you just got to keep on pushing the pavement and keep on getting in front of people. And sooner or later, if it's the right thing, you know, it will click. There's always somebody out there. Like I said, you know, there's always a buyer for a house. Yeah, always a buy for a house, but you you know you only need to sell one house to make a lot of money. You've got to sell a hell of a lot of shirts to make a lot of money. So that's for sure. That's for sure. Did you have trouble getting distribution in those early days? What's the secret to cracking that distribution? Well, very very fortunately, uh, Neil Cousins joined us at the six month mark. He's uh, he's the president and one of our partners also early early in the game. And uh, when we opened up the collection. Uh, at the first, the first time we opened it up at a, a designers collective, which is a trade show in New York, uh, the show opened up at a quarter to ten. We had a small ten by ten booth. Uh, all of a sudden, two women popped up wearing sunglasses, and they said, "Can we uh, look at the collection?" And after they were finished looking at it, we had no idea who they were. Uh, they bought every item in the collection, which I believe at that time was 44 pieces, and uh, they handed us their cards, and it was one of the best specialty stores in the country, and still is, and it's out in California and L.A. called Fred Siegel. Wow. and uh, Fred Siegel. You know, and that basically, you know, that was really, you know, the, the initial starting point of the rocket ship taking off, and then all, you know, the better, the Neemans fell into place and all the other better stores. So, you know, for us, we were so different in the beginning that, you know, everybody, it, we, we really drew the attention to the whole uh, retail industry, and we were yeah. able to really capture a lot of business. But I, Because I guess now, not so much, because you've got a very wide variety of products, and a lot of them are the more traditional, the colours are always spectacular, but they're the more traditional polos and things like that. But in the early days... Um, I guess a lot of retailers would have been fairly hesitant to take on something that was quite as powerful and as edgy as, as Robert Graham shirts. Well, you know, the market was kind of really open to it, and I think one of the reasons for our successful launch was there was really nothing like it around in the industry. So they were a little bit more open to it than they normally would be. Uh, today, it's a little bit more difficult, but I would say then what we were doing, nobody else was doing, and uh, they were willing to test it. And once you land a store like Fred Siegel and you use that, you know, you know as a, as sure. a you know a selling point, uh, everybody said, "Oh, you're selling Fred Siegel." You know, we got to try it also. So it, it wasn't that difficult to get the stores to buy it uh, initially, and uh, once they got it, they did so well with it at retail that it just it kept on getting bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, thank God, you know, today it's it's where it is. So, for for an entrepreneur out there that's got a new product that's a little different, um, 
What's more important, getting into the trade shows and being seen like that or going and pounding the pavement and knocking on door after door after door? Or both? Uh, there's, there's so many different vehicles and avenues for people to introduce product today, whether it's the Internet, whether it's trade shows, pounding on doors. Uh, uh, you just got to find your niche. And I think if you have your niche and you're a little bit different and you, you have a good story, I think there's tremendous opportunity in any field today. It's, it's all about perseverance. And, and, you know, I think my claim to fame was, uh, or is, is that, you know, I'm always looking for these little niches even today as, you know, as I work every day to be a little bit different, not too far out there, but to be different enough that, you know, people come in and they say, well, we haven't seen this before. This is exciting. You know, I think I'm going to try it. Right. Now, just getting away from Robert Graham for a second, and let's talk about Robert Stock's clothing line. Um, right. You're known for silk, and silk's traditionally been a women's um for women's clothing but when you introduce silk into men's clothing you're almost immediately extremely successful men took to your shirts and the boxes and other clothes like fish to water in the 90s men weren't anywhere near as metrosexual as they are now what made you think that ah guys we'll sit and watch football today and they'll go out and buy silk tomorrow how did you make that leap uh, that was that was a, that was a great run actually. Um, well, my philosophy and my whole thought process behind the silk business was, and, and you're right, silk always had a tendency to be a little bit more feminine. But I actually was using sandwash silk, which made it softer, made it more masculine, and made it more appealing. And but the the whole thing with silk, it has a great history, and when you sandwash it, it has a, a great feel to it. So it's not that slinky silk that men would normally think is on the feminine side. So by doing that and doing the type the prints that I was doing at the time and the types of different yarn dyes and the body styles, it really, it really took off. It was, it was a pretty amazing uh, scenario. So how do you, how do you um, delineate between um, Robert Graham and Robert Stock? Uh, well, that, 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 that's easy. Uh, I'm Robert Stock, the person, Robert Graham's the brand. You know, and, and the thing is, and Robert Graham is not only, is not really about only Robert Stock. I mean, Robert Graham is about the clothes. It's interesting. Uh, I heard a quote about two weeks ago that Glenn Fry, uh, not a quote, actually, he was interviewed from the Eagles, and somebody said, well, you know, what is it with the Eagles, you know, that that's so exciting, and, uh, and why are people so attached to them, and why after, you know, 30 years, 40 years, people are still, you know, uh, enamored with the Eagles, and, and he said, well, it, it's not really the Eagles, and it's not Glenn Fry. it's all about the music, and Robert Graham is all about the clothes, and uh, that's what, you know, that's that's what the company's about, and, and, you know, it's not only me, there are a lot of people that make the wheel of this company turn. With all due respect, <laughs> no matter what Fry says, Fry is about the Eagles, it's about the music, <laughs> but you take, you take Fry out of that music, and I think the music would be different, however... Um, now you've got literally thousands of fantastic and and really unique and unusual designs. Are, are they all the work of of you doodling on a napkin at lunch, or have you got an army of you know slightly weird designers sitting around trying to outdo each other? Oh, well, I have great, I have great, <laughs> I have great designers, and actually some of my designers have been with me over twenty years uh, through Robert Stock into Robert Graham. I've uh, designers that have been with me for 10 years. I have great merchandisers. I have a great team here. Uh, we actually have people that just design cuffs, people that design embroideries, people that actually design the body of the shirts, people that design prints. All the fabrics are designed in-house. So we have a great team uh, here that puts together the entire collection. 
Right. How, are they are they all young? Or some of them are years. They can't be that young. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, well, there, some of them are in their twenties, some are in their thirties, some in their forties, and some in their sixties. Actually, right. so old we're, people we're, like you we, and I. We, we, yeah, we have it across <laughs> the board. Yeah, yeah, we have the veterans here. Yeah, it's because it's really interesting when you look at when you first look at a shirt. You think, gee, that doesn't. You know, you, you traditionally wouldn't think that cuff goes with that shirt or that button goes with this shirt. But I know, it's amazing. Isn't it? It's like a bouillabaisse. Uh, when we put it together, it tastes good. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I, some, I, I sometimes look at it myself, but that i, I got to tip my hat off to my designers. They're terrific. They're eclectic. Uh, they've been with me a long time. Uh, they know that, you know, they know what I like, how I like to mix things together. If you've been to any of our stores, uh, we just I opened up one on Bleecker Street, one in Bleecker Street in New York, you know, out in California. We have the one in Venice in Beach, Venice, which yeah. is phenomenal. You know, it's an eclectic mix of style and color, and uh, that's the same approach we take with the clothes and like you said when you know another thing is uh, very often when people don't actually pull out the shirt the jacket the pant look at the inside look at the interior uh just from the outside sometimes you only see the pattern but once you know you open it up you really get the whole feeling of what the company's about do you approve every every item that gets um gets released uh, yeah pretty much every item i mean i have people now approving some of the uh, license categories uh, i can't touch everything that we do but sure. a great portion of the regular collection i definitely approve and i also you know i'm in there on every meeting whether it starts with color or whether it starts with the theme for the particular season uh and I, I i try to watch everything and i try to bring the key items of the season into the season so yeah i'm pretty much involved in, in, in all that do you ever have a an instance where a designer brings you um, a new shirt and you say, what the hell were you thinking? Does that ever happen? To- uh, sometimes on the details, like my, the designer that designs my limited editions gets a little crazy with the, the cuff treatments, uh, not the interior of the cuffs, but sometimes the closures on the cuff. And I, I'll say to him, like, this is a phenomenal shirt. You can't button the cuff because the buttons are too big for the buttonholes. And, you know, things like that drive me a little crazy. Or he'll put like a double collar on the shirt and possibly kill the sale of retail at the shirt. You know, some of this yeah. business, it's not its not only romance, it's, you know, it's finance also, and I look at it from both angles. I've got, glad you brought, glad you said that, because having a great product, doesn't matter what the product is, it's only part of the puzzle, and actually it's only a fairly small part of the puzzle, because you have to manufacture the product, you've got organized distribution, you've got all the financial aspects to look after, you've got all the staff management issues. Now, you're obviously a very creative guy. Are you obviously naturally a really good businessman that got a handle on all of the other aspects of the business, or do you just hire people who are terrific at each of those? Well, I have, I have, I have great partners in manufacturing. I have a great CEO. I have a great president in sales. I have great merchandise managers, uh, great finance people. I have CPAs working at the sure, company. Absolutely. No, it's not, it, it's absolutely not my forte. My forte is design and opportunity for the company and making sure that I, I watch over all the products. Going back a few years though, before you could afford to, to have this army of people working around you, um, and in the early days when there was you and presumably just a couple of other people, um, how did you handle it then? Did you, were you well, hands-on? Yeah, I'm sorry. Then? Uh, primarily in, in design, my partner, one of the partners we had out of India was really operations, uh, 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 Neil Kuznets, uh, 
took care of all of our sales. So I was always primarily in the design area. Uh, people always say I can only add, I can't subtract. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so they, I, I kept, they kept me pretty far away from the finances. <laughs> um, who wears Robert Graham shirts or clothes? Oh, oh, Is there a typical oh, customer? Uh, we have people uh, all different walks of life, from uh, artists to doctors to athletes to clergy to uh, musicians. You name it; it's 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 across the board. Scientists. Uh, one of the main some friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, uh, family is involved with Genetech. Everybody knows Genetech, yep. and he, yep. he's sitting in the boardroom with one of the head scientists from Genetech, and he says to him, "You know." That shirt looks really familiar. So the guy says, "Yeah." He goes, "That's a Robert Graham." And my uh, my dear friend said, "Oh my God, you know, that's my dear friend uh, Robert's company." And, and the man immediately said, "Well, you know, I love the shirts. That's the only shirts I wear." And you know, we have it's amazing. Uh, it's it's across the board. It, it's it's at every level. And, and our customers, and which we call collectors, by the way, yeah. similar to the masters who calls. They're uh, fans, patrons. Right. Everybody's everybody's a collector, whether you have one or you have a thousand, uh, are so important to us. I mean, you know, they're the the heart and soul of of what Robert Graham is about. I always preach and have for twenty years that the only person that counts in any business is the customer. The only person that can fire the CEO is the customer by simply not buying off you anymore. So, if you don't buy if they don't buy your product, you don't have a business. Now, your customer service is fantastic, and you personally get involved. Now, where did that personal dedication to the customer come from? You know, have you always had it? You've always had this belief that the customer, because too many, too many people in business don't have that attitude. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you got to hug all your customers, and that's a book that uh, uh, Jack Mitchell wrote at Mitchell's in Westport. I mean, the customer is the bottom line, you know, and, you, and in every aspect of the business, you got to listen to what they have to say. They're so interesting. We have so many different customers from so many different uh, lifestyles all, all around the world, and uh, to me, uh, you know, the most important thing is to speak to them and meet them. That's why I do so many personal appearances and listen to them and listen to what they have to say and, and, and really uh, enjoy being with them. I find that our customers are extremely, extremely interesting. Now, you've got, you've got a collector's. collectors. Yeah, you've yeah. got a collector's club, and for people who have 100 Robert Graham shirts, they get a shirt named after them. That's a great right. idea. How many people, though, have 100 Robert Graham shirts? Well, there, there are probably thousands out there. Uh, really? a, a lot, a lot of them, uh, you know, don't actually write in or tell us that they have a hundred. You know, they pop up every day of the week. But we're actually starting a whole new loyalty program um, in about three months. Which, you know, if you buy one or if you have three hundred, you know, there's going to be different levels. And we're real excited about that. Uh, so everybody can get on the bandwagon and, and enjoy different options and uh, types of, you know scenarios we're going to be doing for them yeah but i've only got about 20 so i'm feeling fairly insecure at the minute mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice amount <laughs> this time this time last week i was in memphis and i went to the peabody hotel where i went along of course to see the march of the ducks and of course while i was in memphis i made another pilgrimage to graceland um many years ago i took the um, elvis presley museum on tour in australia and had to deal with some of the Presley people. Now, you've got a great story about the Ducks and Priscilla and Lisa Marie. You want to just tell us about it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Hal Lansky uh, is the owner of Lansky's in the Peabody Hotel in Memphis, and uh, I was I was going to do a PA down there, and he said, well, let me see if I can make you, you know, get you nominated as the Duck Master, which is an incredible award, uh, award that yeah. has been given to, to presidents. Oprah Winfrey got it. So I said, sure, I'll do it. And uh, sure enough, uh, I, I went up to the roof and uh, met the Duck Master, met the ducks, you know, went in the <laughs> elevator went in the elevator with the ducks and walked the ducks to the little fountain in the middle of the hotel to a lot of people clapping. It was a great experience. <laughs> and uh, at the time, uh, Lansky's uh, was where Elvis uh, bought all his clothes and uh, Hal's dad uh, serviced Elvis, even when he didn't have any money, and uh, fronted him the clothing. And then later in the years, of course, Elvis you know, came back and, and bought all his uh, merchandise from Lansky's. A lot of people say if Elvis was alive, you know, he would probably love some of the special limited editions that we do also. That that's um, that store, Lansky's store in the Peabody, is just fabulous. I went in there and I was like a, a kid in a candy store. It was just fantastic. I loved it. Um, yeah, he's great. He's great. I mean, uh, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin shops yep. there. He buys Robert Brown. I mean, you know, you know, it, it, it's it's a great store. Hal's a great person. His daughter Julie is fantastic, also. Okay, a quick question: Have The ducks got names. I mean, uh, one like Donald and Minnie or any of that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you traveled in an elevator, you know, with a whole bunch of floors with these ducks. Didn't you have any conversation? No, I, I was, I was kind of nervous even to say anything. I didn't want them to attack me in the elevator. Yeah. Well, when you walk out there um, last week when I was there, the foyer was packed. The balconies were packed. I mean, there was... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, there hundreds were hundreds and hundreds, and hundreds of people. Of people. Uh, it, it was amazing. I have a video of it. It's it's hysterical, and the, the kids. Every I mean, the kids just love it. Yeah. It's 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 a fantastic thing. It's it's a great tradition, to uh, for a wonderful uh, grand old great hotel in Memphis, which has a lot of music history. Yeah, and uh, it was an exciting experience for me. It's a it's a great it's a great marketing idea those ducks, and they've been doing it for what eighty years or sixty years or something. It's it's quite yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, my full name is Robert Graham Pritchard, so every piece of your apparel that I have is actually named after me. I think that's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> well you're the man, not me. <laughs> I'm it. Yeah, I'm the, ki- I'm the guy. Robert, <laughs> Robert Stock, thank you very much for being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. You've set a fantastic example, I reckon, for any young entrepreneurs. Dedication. Um, knowing your product, hiring the right people around you, and follow follow your dream. Follow if you've got a bold product, follow the bold product, and um, you really cross your t's and dot the i's, and that's a great lesson for every entrepreneur. Now, if you're interested in looking at the uh, Robert Graham website, it is fantastic, and learning a bit more about Robert Stock and the Robert Graham story. Go to robertgraham.us. That's robertgraham.us. Their clothing is fantastic. And uh, if you want to be noticed, if you're an egocentric like me, this stuff is perfect for you. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on the Voice America Business Network. And I'll be back with you after this short break. We're all 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard. Straight talking, absolutely no bullshit. Tell it the way it is. Business show. And we're coming to you this week from my wonderful hometown of Los Angeles, where it's all happening great town the um the other night i went to the television taping of the brian wilson's new cd which is being released next year and it was a television taping for pbs and i have never seen a better concert in my life um of course if you're brian wilson you can have the best musicians that you can have any musicians you want really and uh it was just a brilliant show and it i'm sure it'll be a great um television show so keep your eyes open for it. It's terrific. And uh, we actually had rain over the last um, couple of weeks, which is unusual for here. It's normally 80 degrees pretty much every single day. Now, this is a segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all across the planet. And, uh, you know, the same... The same questions apply to every business, no matter what it is and no matter where it is. So um, keep those emails coming in. We'll try to answer new questions every week and uh, keep everybody up to date on advice that can help them grow their business. My first email today is from Alan Jensen from Baltimore in Maryland. And Alan writes, Dear Bob, thanks for a great program. I really enjoyed enjoy it. I've bought Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets as an audio book. Great. I hardly ever mention the audio book, but the audio book is, is really good, easy to listen to. Just stick it on in your car when you're driving somewhere. And if you happen to be in LA, you've got plenty of time to listen to an audio book. Um, and it's, um, it's a great way to get your information and not have to turn over those pages. There's a lot of great information in it. This is what um, Alan's writing. Um, but it is just so much to take in. Bob, when I was working in a mid-sized corporation, I always had a staff of very smart people who understood how I work, who I could both in an organized way in a meeting and also in a casual fashion bounce ideas off. I could have brainstorm sessions with them, discuss the results of marketing and advertising campaigns with them, and this always meant that we had a great perspective on everything we did. Well, yep, I think all that's true. If you've got a um, an enthusiastic, aggressive team around you in any business, he goes on to say we had weekly staff meetings where we discussed every aspect of business, and everyone was motivated and energized. We also had a lot of fun and we could blow off steam. There was no such thing as a bad idea and often the really out there ideas opened up a whole new way of seeing an issue. Now, there's just two of us working in a startup and I really miss the input of ideas, the vigorous discussion and the energy of it all. 
I just have a feeling that this affects the quality of our decision-making and the energy which drives the passion. Bob, how do I overcome this problem? Woo! Dear Alan, firstly, and I'll take the easy part, first, I hope you enjoyed the audio book. There is a lot of uh, invaluable information in it for business, not only small businesses. Um, I actually don't know that, you know, now that you're in a, a startup, just two of you, you um, you're obviously passionate about what you what you do. You've bitten the bullet. You've taken the punt. Um, I don't see why that's a problem. Can't you just yell at your business partner, <laughs> have a brainstorming session? Um, but it's a, it's a common challenge. What you've got to do is you need to surround yourself with mentors with various skills. I've said over and over and over and over again on this program that everybody needs mentors. And the more mentors you've got, the more advice you get from outside. You can have vigorous discussions with them. You can get them into the office and talk things through. Um, you should also join a local CEO group where you mix with a number of other people who are also running their businesses. You could invite local business people to come to your office and talk about the issues that, that they have. And those things can replace those old corporate meetings that you're um, feeling sad about missing. Um, it might also be worthwhile moving your workplace to an incubator where you're you know, sharing space with a number of other people who can both assist you with your project and give you a different perspective on pretty much everything. So um, it's critical that you maintain a very strong relationship with you know, really good business people outside you and your partner or you will stagnate. You know, you could miss opportunities and possibly fail. Alan, since you have an audio copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, we'll send you out a copy of my previous book, which was Marketing Magic, which also features Brian Tracy, Jay Conrad Levinson, Robert Bly. It's also a great read and gives you marketing advice from a number of different perspectives. Don't forget, if you've got a particular guest you'd like me to interview or a particular topic you'd like me to address, please email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've been bringing it to you now for nearly four years and it's a heap of fun and I'll be with you at the same time next week no matter where you are in the world and uh, we'll we'll be only a couple of days before Christmas. So um, I hope that uh, you might just listen to me one more time before Christmas. Now, thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs, coming to you from Los Angeles. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come. Every week at exactly the same time, I'm Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.